You know, I think that um, it's important for us to all understand that we're all doing the best we can in whatever circumstances that we're being dealt with. Yeah. I am so beyond thrilled for you that you can still have childcare, that you can still hold some space for your hours because, gosh dang it, I need somebody in my life to have some semblance of normalcy. <laughs> okay? <laughs> okay. You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knavel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Today's episode is sponsored by Amy from Rebel Nutrition. You can catch her in episode 104. She's the creator of Online Course Academy and is hosting a free masterclass that teaches how to create a profitable online course that brings in 5K a month, even if you're starting from zero. I've been watching Amy for years now. She's had the opportunity to throw out many courses out there, but the one that seems to be the mainstay that's there all the time that I've seen her do really well with is her online course academy. I've known several people to go through this course and I've watched them just soar with success. So we're super excited to dive into it ourselves and I hope that if you guys are interested in making your own course and learning how to get it out to your audience and build as you go too, this is a great way to start. In this training, you'll learn the number one reason most online courses fail. It has nothing to do with the size of your Instagram following how to make a 5K month or more from your online course, and a precise calculation for how big your audience needs to be. Also, how to grow your audience while simultaneously building your course. And also, why you don't need to be an expert before selling it. This also gives you a good insight on how to sell your course online, and how to generate buzz and excitement around your course topic to get as many students enrolled as possible without paying for ads. Most people have concerns about creating their own online course, like, what would I even create an online course about? How do I build an audience and who wants to even buy my course? Why would anyone listen to me when there are so many experts out there? How would I launch or even market this to a tiny audience? Would anyone even buy? What about all the tech stuff? Videos, worksheets, audio lessons? Oh, the overwhelm. And what about the logistics? Coming up with content, deciding which information to share, and can courses really create enough income for me to live off of? You know, OCA will walk you through every single one of these fears step-by-step step using video, audio, and done-for-you email scripts, and even design templates to make your slides and other supplemental course materials to make sure your students get results. If you want to join, text online course academy, one word, no spaces, to 44222. Again, text online course academy, one word, no spaces, to 44222 where you'll receive a link to join the free training. We'll also link to the sign-up page in the show notes. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Jen and I are here. Hey. Live. 
Live and direct. Woo. <sighs> <laughs> like we need to like, like sigh. <sighs> A collective giant Pacific Northwest sigh. Wow. Hi, everyone. So uh, I just, I want to thank everyone for, for your uh, understanding and patience from last week. We pulled an old episode to bring, bring back out. We hadn't, hadn't planned that, uh, but we were both kind of out of sorts with getting either evacuated or receiving evacuees. Yeah, that was um, a kind way to put it. During these <laughs> Oregon wildfires. <laughs> and uh, it's been a really emotionally charged, heavy week also mm-hmm. coupled with physical symptoms from um mm. really bad air quality <laughs> so yeah the understatement of the century yeah. really bad is like I, I can't even wrap my head around the poor like numbers that we had around here about our air quality i can't even the, i can't even okay it, on <laughs> the air quality like aqi like apps and stuff like that they mm-hmm. tell you that when you're above a 200 that is i think very unhealthy or hazardous very, very unhealthy at 200 yes mm-hmm. and at that level is where you should wear a mask outdoors it mm-hmm. was at 607 or between like 595 and 607 my app stopped at five. At the place we were evacuated me. to, not yep. even at our house, the place we were evacuated to yep. for like six days, yep. five days. I'm not, five I'm days. not in an evacuation zone and ours was bad. It was, it, yeah. my app stopped at 500, but I know it was worse. Yeah. So the people were telling me that, but I don't know what the number was here. Cause it was, it's like, you guys, you step outside your eyes water. <laughs> my Walking from my house to my car, my eyes were watering. It was bad. My mm. poor kiddo. We were we evacuated. So uh, I'll give you guys a backstory. <laughs> Just <laughs> go into this. So on Tuesday of last week, what's the date? Tuesday last week, Jen. I will find out. It was like, like Tuesday, September fifteenth. Yeah. So on or the Tuesday, f- September eighth, after Labor Day. Is that that Tuesday? Yes. Yeah. Tuesday, yeah. September eighth. Yeah. So oh the, on the eighth. We started to see the smoke rolling mm-hmm. in from the riverside fire in our pl- at our place um, out in Sandy. And basically the smoke, you could tell it was starting to roll in and the air quality was starting to get really poor. And then all of a sudden we went from, they put our entire county on a level one, which is like the be ready status. There's three mm-hmm. levels for a wildfire evacuation. There's level one, which is be ready. Level two is get set. So like have your stuff packed, you know, be ready for your stuff to go to level three. Cause when it goes to level three, you need to go now. Yeah. Get out um, of and for us go now meant like leave in four hours. It wasn't like we had to yeah. leave our house, you know, it's not so like we a were, tsunami. It's like, <laughs> but on, on, I think it was Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. I can't remember which day we evacuated. I think we evacuated Tuesday. It was I think it was Wednesday because I came home from Labor Day stuff on Monday yes. and by Wednesday yes. I had one day to get my <laughs> act together and then we accepted some friends at 11 p.m. on Wednesday. It was a blurry situation. So on the 9th <laughs> on Wednesday, I'm like giving you guys it's like the backstory. Then September 9th. Um, <laughs> it feels like one of those like someone explaining oh. a natural disaster on a movie like Twister or something. Um, 
<laughs> so it's what it felt like. It's what it felt like. It what? I mean, it it's what it looked it like. Really, it was firsthand experiencing like a natural yeah. disaster movie. Um, so on the 9th of September, that's when we literally like one second went from being level one evac to level three. So we were it never was, level you two. Jumped fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was when the fire was like growing a lot. The wind, the wind. was bringing the fire toward our house. And at fast. one point it was probably, I mean, as far as air miles are concerned, it was probably somewhere between like three to six miles away from our house. Um, which a wildfire will travel faster than three to six miles in a few hours totally right conditions yeah yeah it's like (laughs) it never really got any closer than that so i will Mm -hmm. i will say that you know there are a lot of we have friends who you know the fire wasn't within half a mile of their house Hmm. and so we packed everything up and it was a really interesting experience you know we live in a really small house and we kind of talked about this on the podcast last week <laughs> or two weeks ago. And I, you know, we live a pretty minimal life. And so the packing process to me was less about, okay, what are the physical things that I'm going to want? If they, you know, if they burned, I would be really upset about like, that was like a box, like one. <laughs> and it was already, and I don't even want to think about if I had to evacuate, but it was already I like, it was to. already like, put, it was already put together. And it wasn't like a, oh, in case of wildfire, it was like, here's our important papers and here's our keepsakes and they're going to be in one place. Mm -hmm. So we grabbed that stuff, packed that up first. And then it was really interesting to like sit and look around and we have great renter's insurance. So like we knew we'd be fine if we need to like redo our lives. It would, it would be terrible. (laughs) It would be really hard, but you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's stuff, right? But like thinking and going through that process, like looking around my kitchen and being like, oh, okay, Vitamix, that's like $500. Okay, and then a mixer, okay, that's like $400. <laughs> and like equating all your your stuff. And I went through and did, everybody recommended that we like video our space before we left it. It felt very like, apo- it felt really surreal, very apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. This like interesting kind of survey of the stuff that you have in your space. Um, and then it, when we got done with the evac and we came home, I, I binge watched all of the home edit episodes on Netflix. <laughs> oh, well, and I'm, I was like, I'm going to organize excited. my stuff even better and get rid of more stuff. <laughs> because, I mean, even in a small space, it's easy to accumulate things. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I mean like going through my thought process was like, okay, let's get enough clothes and enough things so that we can like function if our house burned down, you know? We just need mm-hmm. to be able to function. We need. I, I was like, yeah. I need this beauty counter stuff so that I can work. I need this like blog stuff so that I can work if I need to work because that's the thing that's going to help us like literally rebuild if we need to rebuild mm-hmm. um, whatever we need financially. And so and it, was, it was really funny. I was like talking to my husband, to Josh about it. And I was like, how much beauty counter stuff does it make sense for me to take with me? Because <laughs> like right? that's this a hard would gauge. take up a decent amount of space. It does in my house. And, you know, I have a lot of demo product and stuff, which really hasn't gotten much use in the last year because no one's demoing product out or sampling, you know, via sampling right now mm-hmm. because of COVID. But yeah, it was just, I was like, I'm not really worried about like the monetary value of this thing. I just want to make sure I have the things I need to be useful and like helpful for my team and for myself and whatever. Yeah. But it was just, it was a really interesting process to think about what mattered in terms of work, what mattered in terms of personal stuff. 
um, you know, kind of having a conversation with my son about like, what do you want to bring with you? Like what matters to you the most without being like, what would you scary. take with you if our house burned down? Like, right. <laughs> you That's can't so say that to a four year old. Right. Mm-mm. And like, what do you mean? <laughs> but I was trying to, you know, and, and we were, we packed everything up and it took us a couple hours. I mean, it was probably like two hours start to finish to like pack up all our stuff and get it in the cars and everything. And my husband, Josh, he left first and he was headed out i was our friends had been on level three evac since the night before and they were holed up in 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 another friend's trailer on the other side of town and like their rv so when we went straight from level one to level three i had nothing packed except for like a small bag of clothes which we had kind of prepared the night before just in case because we were Mm -hmm. on level one but i had like started this massive food prep situation oh my god because i was making meals for my friends who had already been evacuated Mm -hmm. and who had to get out like right away because the fire was half a mile from their house Mm. and so we like i'm like elbow deep in spaghetti squash and sausage and like all this (laughs) stuff trying to fill all these you know aluminum pans that you bring to people's houses when they have like a baby or whatever and like finishing up those meals so i was like packing up our stuff finishing up the cooking because i was like it's a decent enough distance from us that i'm not like i don't even think anything's gonna happen to our house really for real Mm -hmm. and so and you know, little man and I were the last ones to leave the house and mm-hmm. Josh already had the dogs and everything. And it was just the most surreal, like cars packed up, we're ready to go. We're leaving. And I just, I kind of broke down <laughs> and I was just moment, like, man. I, and the sky was red. The sky was orange and red and black yeah. and I mean, I took a picture, I shared it on Instagram a, a day later or so, but it, it, d- it did not do the view justice. It was like oh, apocalyptic. I feel like cameras weren't picking up the reality of what things looked no, like at all. No, no, no. And I just like looked up and I was like, God, I hope this is here when we come back. I really do. I and really like it. <laughs> I really love where I live. And I mean, it's made it when we got back, even though the air quality was terrible and we were in 700 square feet and it was like, oh, we're going to pull our hair out. Um, going stir crazy here. Like it was, it was a very, still very emotional, even though everybody was fine. Everybody was safe. Our house was still here. Like all the property is fine. The fire has retreated, you know, but it was still mm-hmm. really emotional to come home and just have that sense of gratitude. And I think a lot of times when we obviously could potentially lose what we love, it becomes all the more apparent that, you know, I really love this. <laughs> I really love yeah, this. Like, yeah. You I know. know when you have to kind of like almost emotionally prioritize things, it turns into um, a little more clarity than anybody really hopes to have <laughs> around, yeah. you know, how you feel about where you live and stuff is stuff but there is an emotional load of like I'm losing this before I'm ready type of thing I know on on our end it was hard because we were we brought in a family of six that um were on level two you have so many people in your house already like I have no idea when you were like I'm taking in a family of six I was like oh my god (laughs) I know I was like I mean this is (laughs) the crazy part too was that I was having like side conversations with you about Mm -hmm. 
an additional place that we could evacuate to because at one point the place we evacuated to was on level two evac as well. And I was like, I got you. And I was like, well, you have six people in your house. So do you? And I was like, not here, but I got you. was lining me up with like friends, friends who had space. Yeah, we had we have friends who have a, a previously used as an Airbnb space. So it would have been very private, very like, and they were, they checked in with me. I didn't even tell you this. They checked in with me two or three times a day for five days. Like, like who do you have? have any anybody? How, yeah. She was like, what do you got? Like, does anybody need it? Like, blah, blah. she was like getting ready to like stock the pantry downstairs. I was like, oh, you are a blessed human being. Like she's, <laughs> anyway, it was like, I, it was as much as. COVID felt like we were isolated from one another and dealing with a natural disaster the way we did felt like a absolutely heartbreaking situation to deal with on top of it. But what I've learned about heartbreak is that um, heartbreak, it really can be a a healing moment, a heart opening Mm. moment. And it was like we were kind of forced into opening our hearts to, to like all sorts of situations and opportunities uh nowhere in my right mind did i say let's have 13 people in my house when i'm already stressed and overloaded like no you know but honestly like today they're they're packing up and heading home today and um all of us are kind of like that was kind of rad like it was kind of nice like (laughs) yeah we enjoyed having you guys here it was it was crazy and it was a lot to manage and there was chaos most of the time but there's something really wonderful about rallying around people Mm -hmm. and um making the best of it that we can and um just knowing that you have each other's back to have somebody to have your back like that can mean everything emotionally because i'm like stuff is stuff just like what you were saying yeah stuff is stuff but it, it was i think when when i drove away it was thinking about the possible ending of the the experience of living mm. here yeah. You know, the circumstances of living here are not that glamorous. We live in a 700 square foot house with no dishwasher. Like there's not a lot of glam happening here. You but know? you hadn't like had gone through the emotional yeah. like we didn't, we aren't un- choosing, unentanglement. Choosing. Yes. And choosing to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It was, I'm so glad you guys are safe. Yeah. I'm so me glad too. you guys can breathe going outside. Oh, my gosh. We I'm just, for, for for reference. A week and a half later, 10 days later, we were finally able to open our windows. Mm-hmm. So that happened. We aired out our house. Yesterday today. afternoon. Even in the morning, it was very unhealthy at our house. And then by mm-hmm. the time it had rained some, and every every person I know who lives in the Pacific Northwest that it was raining at their house, there's a reason why we all posted on social media when it started oh to gosh. rain. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I just my story, my, my stories. Out. I was just like catching up on stories because I was posting them too, of course, you know, because I'm a basic bee. I'm like, I'm going to get this pumpkin spice latte and watch it rain outside. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it was just rain, 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 rain. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I'm, you know, me, I'm not like a, I'm not really, I'm kind of, I'm a softy on the inside. There's not a lot of outside <laughs> crying that happens with me. Um, unless I'm at church, if I'm at church, I'm just like bawling the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I just, I was just bawling, like watching people's Instagram mm-hmm. story. Just the fact that it was raining. I like went outside, I let the rain hit my face. Mm. It was still really bad air quality. It was like, I don't care. I'm just going to hold know. my breath out here. <laughs> I know. And where we live, we live at the top of a hill that can overview, like for, for reference, we live 20 to 
30 minutes from downtown Portland. Um, but from where we live, I can see the skyscrapers in downtown Portland. So it's like we have a pretty decent like sight line from certain parts of our hill. I haven't been able to see past like 50 feet for like 10 days. And last yesterday, I was coming home from um, running an errand and I could see the river Mm -hmm. and I could see um, lights in Portland turning on and I just immediately got misty eyed because I was like I've I've never taken the view for granted but dang was it good to see that distance and be able to see that far and be able to like take a deep breath like it just what a wild experience what an absolutely wild experience and we um we still had school going during all this (laughs) which I'm like what I mean Josh's school was upended they were like no we're can't but we were in the district where people were evacuated Evacuated. (laughs) so there's that and we just had poor smoke quality so they closed the school building so teachers that had their remote situation set up in their classrooms that's where they've been remote yep same with Josh from um were kicked out back home (laughs) yeah I was like wow this is like the year of massive adjustment for everyone like but man did they they handled it beautifully it was just what a wild experience (laughs) yeah I um I was really grateful that all of Josh's stuff got pushed back by at least a few days Mm -hmm. he had to kind of re-engage this last Wednesday before the air quality had gotten a lot better and they weren't allowed Mm -hmm. to go into the school they shut down the school the same way um Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that I think that I just wanted to like reiterate what you said. I think one of the most interesting pieces of this to me was like how many walls that we all had built up because of this pandemic, whether, you know, some of those walls are necessary and some of them are starting to crop up because we are being, being like handed microaggressions and my little, like little T traumas over and over and over again. <laughs> with what's happening Nodding through this profusely. pandemic yeah um not to mention the political landscape and i mean just all the things and mm. i <laughs> i i mean we put our walls down we we burst our bubble so to speak once again you know like we had before mm. with vacation and being able to see josh's family for a little while i mean we just like i just like stopped i was not thinking about covid at all like not even same a little bit for these few days i haven't seen these friends that came and evacuated our house in a long time and they came and lived in my house like yeah. <laughs> wow yeah our exposure levels Good. were pretty sky high based on the careers of the people we were spending time with too because <laughs> they were still yeah, having right. to go into the hospital um and things mm-hmm. like that so it was uh, which I mean, it's fine. Everybody's got to do what they got to do. And that's where it was safe and, and comfortable for us to be. And mm-hmm. I mean, we went to my in-laws when we evacuated. And so, um, little man was able to spend time with his grandparents, which was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, it was hard to keep the stress away from being like highly palpable to a four-year-old because the news yeah. was on all the time. And I was just like, please, can we turn that off? Like, <laughs> Please. yeah can we not elevate these emotions yeah, anymore thank it's, you very much a lot. yeah there's a lot because <laughs> there were when we got back i just like cried so hard when we got back he just mm-hmm. we pulled up and he was like our house is still here mom and i was oh. like oh, oh sweet pea oh, my poor little baby I'm like this is i mean this might be <laughs> your first intense. memory right here this might be your first memory that you have forever 
Um, yeah. Anyways, long story short, I mean, we could do a whole episode about all of this, but oh yeah, I just, it's been a lot and it's been a, I mean, I feel like we were already in these, like we were already transitioning and it was already the school year starting and we're managing expectations there. Man, there's a lot of expectations on teachers, you guys, by the way. No um, kidding. If you are dealing, I mean, let's just all like be really, really lovely and sensitive to everyone who's either A, having to deal with helping their kids be schooled at home or uh, mm. teachers who are schooling your children. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. It's insane. It's insane. It is insane. And I think, I think we referenced this a while back and I'll, I'll link it in the show notes for everybody, but there's a New York times article that's like basically in the area, in the era of COVID, like working parents are obsolete at this point. And I just read something the other day. I'll try to find it in like in the show notes. Um, someone had shared either on Twitter or Instagram that was like, there are a remarkable number of women who are choosing to forego their careers right now to take care of the school needs of their children mm-hmm. and it's just it's really heavy <laughs> it's really yeah. heavy it's a lot to do um it's a, it's a huge it's a huge thing to be able to even make that decision and be put in that position mm-hmm. um i was reading brianne wick shared uh, it was her own graphic that was um talking about tears Mm-hmm. And I was telling Cassie earlier, I have cried more in the last 10 days than I think I did all of 2019. Like <laughs> I, I cry, but I'm just, I'm trying to be smart about how I'm emotionally like handling things mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm letting myself feel the feels and process it the best way that I can. But it's been a lot of tears and she had written about how tears um, point us towards the what's most important true tears are truth is what it said that's exactly what it said and it and in a time like this it's like well of course i'm crying like all this is important to me but specifically like i cried so much because school was really tough this week and my child's development means a lot to me like what how they develop and what they're exposed to and what kind of humans they become and um, mean a lot to me and that's been under siege for months for six seven eight nine months like it's been a long time and then to process the idea of um, a natural disaster on top of it it's just like it's a it it's my their development means so much to me to, and their emotional health means so much to me to the point where it's like and when I don't know what to do that's supremely frustrating and I think it's really important to allow yourself to have that moment of like, it's okay to cry because I care. It's okay to be like, this is heavy and let the tears flow and acknowledge how much something means to you. Mm. And sometimes saying it out loud is even helpful as well. It's like, it was really important to me to be able to work through that emotionally because there was just, when there's that much going on, it's really easy to shoot things under the rug and pretend like it's you know it's fine we're getting through it just fine it's like we're we're handling it yeah but it's also hard <laughs> and that's okay and i feel like um working women who are also have work problems to work with cuz let's face it like since covid hit every business i know is having to pivot every 
person who is working is having to change how they do everything. And um, to put on the load of also like needing to worry about schooling and development. It's like, that's a big load. It's a, that's a lot to carry. Well, and it's, I mean, I feel like we're almost making backward progress in the like upward independence of women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's really hard for me to watch. I've had multiple acquaintances and friends mention that like they just somehow as the woman of the household, even though their partner is working and they are working, became the assumed default person who is going to like facilitate school. And it makes my blood boil a little, a lot, actually. A little and I, lot? I mean, <laughs> like a little, a lot. I will say like, I'm in a very, I don't even want to talk about my situation because it's not fair. And I think I've talked, said this on the podcast before, like, I happen to have one child who is not school-aged yet. He isn't still in preschool. He's in his second year of preschool. So we need to facilitate something. Mm-hmm. I am not built to teach my kid school, period. Like, I just... I think most I'm of also, us feel that way. <laughs> I'm also not built to be a stay-at-home mother. Like, I just... I, I'm just not. It's just not me. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And it's taken me a long that time a to like be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And my mother happens to be a retired preschool teacher with whom I was already receiving full-time childcare. So we were able to um, basically get to the point where we could pay her to, to retire and say, hey, we would like you to take care of our kiddo for, you know, five days a week. That's so beautiful (laughs) it's beautiful it's really honestly it's the dreamiest thing and my mom had a really hard um she's had a really hard life period just she's had a really hard life and my goal in life is to literally take care of her in any way that I can um and this is a period in which she's really taking care of us as well which is really beautiful Mm. and you know the sacrifice that we're making is that we are quarantining from everyone (laughs) physically everything and everyone except for my mother and my brother who my brother lives in my mother's home so it's it's a lot to not have Mm -hmm. options in that way and have to keep up those walls Um, and that's the only sacrifice that we're really having to make in order to facilitate school for a kid because my mom basically took up the torch and she was like I got this so she's teaching preschool to Mm. my child and one other little boy who she also was watching and their family is quarantining so that they can still have childcare from my mom as well. Um, And she basically said, hey, I'm gonna teach preschool. And she started, I mean, one of the things that had happened to her was like her preschool got shut down. She had a, Mm. a, she was running a nonprofit preschool that was part of, it was a co-op in our community. It was absolutely amazing, like Mm. running, amazingly she was finally getting paid well and the co-op status the nonprofit status of the preschool was attached to the building that they were in so this is a county building mm. there's no other county buildings like in no. that in that part of Clackamas no. county like just doesn't it's a tiny little rural area mm. and so they uh the community out there 
essentially pushed to have that building condemned because they wanted to be able to uh, open up a community center. And when they opened up the community, like the goal was to, to literally level that building and build in its place on the same lot, a community center where they could have like the women's club and the blah, 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 and all the different things. So these organizations were, you know, basically told my mom, like, there will be a place for you when we build this. Well, they didn't level the building until like a year ago. This was like five, six years ago. Oh my gosh. They said this. So there's no community center and there's not going to be one. It didn't get approved. And so they still, because they had the building condemned, she had to close her preschool. And so she was able to keep all the supplies. So there's a bright spot there. And she did private preschool for a couple of years when she kind of found a space to do it. But it was, um, it was really hard. It was like pulling teeth. Um, And the community was super heartbroken. And right around the exact same time, like my dad passed away. It was just like one thing after another. And I tell you what, the last two weeks, I have seen my mother transform the like main kitchen space in her house into like a little school area, into preschool. She's gone into the attic and she's gotten all the preschool supplies down that are like appropriate for their age range. And she pulled up to my house the other day from a distance and (laughs) we were still quarantining away from, you know, the transition between being with all of Josh's family and then kind of going back into our regular routine. And she was just telling me like, biggest smile I've seen on her face in years telling me about all the preschool activities that they're going to be doing and I was just like wow like we are really really lucky so cool so lucky so anyways totally a long story that I hadn't planned on telling but here we are vulnerability moments on the podcast (laughs) um and so you know we have this really very extremely unique situation where Mm -hmm. I still am able to work from home and work full-time and it's starting next week basically (laughs) which is like so rad miracle miracle of miracles no kidding and I, I don't even know how all the circumstances worked out for us to be able to do that. I don't, I mm-hmm. literally, I don't know how you're doing, how you're managing what you're managing right now. I have no idea. I don't, well, I don't have I'm, any idea how working yeah. parents are doing anything productive. Well, that's kind of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> you're not. It's like, well, it's, it's so like reactive. It's not, there's no plan. Right. There's no space being made. It's. I have to do this right now. So y'all figure it out. Like currently my, my friends that are, uh, that were on evacuation, their whole family like cleaned our whole house. Cause that's how they roll. They're like, we are not leaving until we've like cleaned your whole house. <laughs> um, and they, I, I told them, I'm like, I'm recording at three. And they were like, we will be done vacuuming and we will do all the quiet cleaning after that. And now they're waiting for me to finish recording so we can, you know, say our last goodbyes and see you guys later. Um, and it's like, that's how it is. It's like, I fit this in to record because I want to, and I'm making space and I'm holding space for it. But it's like, I feel like <laughs> I was telling this to Cassie earlier. I feel like I'm rolling a doughy, like pizza dough up a hill. That's also Sandy. Oh gosh. This is like, <laughs> this is like what it feels like to like, it's just, okay. We're kind of doing it, but it's messy and it's, you know the weather gets bad and we did this and the that and it's like it there's so much to react to all the time that i i don't feel like i'm doing anything well i don't feel like i'm coping well uh, lots of tears 
um like i'm realizing a lot of things about where my limitations are and um which is i mean self-development is always a good thing (laughs) so there's just there's a lot to to break down you know we have we're very fortunate to have a great school system that is doing the best they can with remote schooling but it's like a full-time job trying to figure out if they're doing their schoolwork like they're supposed to and where to find it and are they doing it correctly and oh like I like (laughs) we've missed so many live video chats because purely because it was just I was just confused and they were confused like (laughs) like that's it (laughs) and like um it's just honestly I'm probably only getting helping Lucy with she's only getting about a third of her work done her schoolwork because we are literally like butts in seats doing school from 8 a.m to 2 30 we take a half an hour break twice and then an hour lunch break and i'm only getting a third of her work done because it because of the emotional load not because she's not capable not because the academics are they're doing a bad job it's just the emotional load is so heavy and like being the enneagram two that i am i hope anybody who else is an Enneagram too, this is our worst nightmare. Hands down. Worst nightmare. So much emotional management while also still working my business. (laughs) Yeah. What? Are you kidding me? Like, I have never, never needed Cassie Joy's meals more than I have in this time (laughs) in my life. We have never, never needed Diane Sanfilippo's meals more than... (laughs) Oh my this gosh! I, I did just get a new freezer. I'm I'm scheming. I'm yeah. waiting to. If but you, everything got delayed in the fire, so I'm not even sure if I would have got them if I ordered them anyway. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a whole nother. I have to like a, rearrange all our package deliveries because we were in a level three evac zone, so some stuff got held at the post office. And oh my gosh, no kidding, bleh. craziness. I know. And so I'm like, you know, I think that um, it's important for us to all understand that there. Um, I am we're all doing the best we can in whatever circumstances that we're being dealt with. Yeah. I am so beyond thrilled for you that you can still have childcare, that you can still hold some space for your hours because gosh dang it, I need somebody in my life to have some semblance of normalcy. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, that'd be great. I mean, and, <laughs> and on that note, one of the things that I'm going to be picking up the burden on is this podcast. So yes, unfortunately, sadly, not forever. Just don't, not don't worry, you guys. This is not a death mm-hmm. sentence to the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to take over the recording portion for a while um, to give, just give Genevieve some breathing room to not have, you know, a two hour chunk of time on our schedule every single week. Um, producing podcasts is a lot of work, you guys. I just mm-hmm. I need you guys to we know We don't that. talk about the work on it's that a lot. Much, but. Doing a podcast, it takes a lot of time. It's a lot mm-hmm. more than the time that we're like talking. Because mm-hmm. you record, you edit, you have the time that you prepped for the episode. You have the time that you are writing the show notes and creating uh, um, photos and sharing mm-hmm. on social media. And it's a lot. Brainstorming meetings. Brainstorming and meetings. And, and scheduling Logo, interviews. Branding. Just like a free, <laughs> free for all. These are all the things. It's a lot. And Mm -hmm. one of the ways in which, because of the flexibility that I currently have that Genevieve does not have, um, I'm able to take up that, that piece of it. And so, um, Genevieve will still be around. I will be around. Tell us more. 
you will hear a little more from me as time goes on because I will be doing filling in a little here for like intros needed or ads or things like that. And I will be I will be behind the scenes editing. I'm making space for this every week, uh, just trying to wrap my head around the idea of content um, is a little difficult for me right now. And I don't have I don't have the space to make that happen. And I refuse to strangle this to death. <laughs> like, well, and also, I love this too much. I think there's another piece of it too that like you know we've talked a lot about how when you have blocks like creative flow doesn't come um and forcing it doesn't help either <laughs> but we want to keep bringing you this podcast and, and I love so, editing I love yeah I, I love um releasing episodes and watching you guys watching the listens go up every week like I I'm I refuse to step away from this podcast because I love it too much. <laughs> um, but it became pretty apparent that I needed to put my my money where my mouth is. And all of this talk about sustainable self-care that you guys listened to last mm-hmm. week, the re-release re- re- and learning more about where setting healthy boundaries. And um, I needed to set a healthier boundary around my, my energy management for a period of time. And it's not going to be forever. It's going to be it's going to be temporary very and very temporary very temporary yep. but we i we both really wanted to make sure that this wasn't a, like like cassie and i we're 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 literally already like we're gonna talk every week we've made plans for that we're gonna be still talking like we normally do you guys just might hear my voice a little less but that doesn't mean i'm not here i'm still here <laughs> yeah so logistically moving forward for just a little while um, Jen's going to take a bit of uh, like a sabbatical, as we're going to call mm. it, a sabbatical like from recording. That. And she might pop in yeah. here and there when she's got something she wants to share. But yeah, um, I'm going to be interviewing some of our, our friends and colleagues and uh, people in the health and wellness space, people in the coaching space. And I'm really excited for our upcoming interviews. And uh, it's going to yeah. be it's going to be fun. So things are just going to be yeah. a little different than we had planned. And I think that's just like the name of the game of 2020 things are just different than you planned or like yeah I I still am like recalling all of these memes about like well did you no one called this for their five-year plan (laughs) five years ago no one called this for their five-year plan in 2015 (laughs) you're right no I did not I did not call this for my plan absolutely not (laughs) so but I just want to I want to say like I think I want to encourage all of you who listen to the podcast, if you are feeling overwhelmed, I promise you there's someone in your life who can pick up a burden for you. And, and this did not come lightly for me. Guys. No, no, I, I kind of forced the conversation <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, um. she, Cassie brought it up and I knew that she was right. Well, and I knew that it was necessary for my mental health to make this a priority. Yeah. And I, I, but I, I mean, this is our PSA. If you're carrying too much right now, try to hand something over or put something down, down. put something down down. and it's okay. It's, it's really Mm -hmm. hard to be a, um, productive, um, growing, vibrant, incredible human being who has to at one point say like, I can't do everything that I was once doing. It's not Mm -hmm. sustainable right it's mm-hmm. not 
possible in this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we had to take a pause last week because of the wildfires, I asked Genevieve to choose the episode for the podcast that she wanted to put up. And there's a reason why she put up sustainable self-care. So we'll just leave that. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, it was a, a best of um, originally episode 22. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend listening to it. But it's it's okay if you feel like you're just kind of sucking at everything right now. <laughs> like It's just, it's a thing. And... You know, I have my own level of adjustment in all of this, but it's it's merely adjustment and not, um, you know, being in a position where I can't continue uh, showing up for everything that I was already showing up for. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's okay. And it's going to be and great. It's okay. And it's going to be it's okay. It's incredibly okay. so temporary. So Jen's going to be take, yeah. taking a, a little tiny break from recording episodes for, I mean, a few weeks, a couple months. We'll see. We have no timeline on it. She's just going to take the time that she needs, have a bit of a sabbatical. Um, but I'm still on Instagram DM. <laughs> you can still find me on Instagram. Like I'm, I'm accessible. You can yep. still find me and I'm still here and I'm going to be contributing where I can, when I can. So yep, absolutely. And this is still my podcast with Kathy. <laughs> I wouldn't do it <laughs> with any other human on the planet. We were talking about how we would kind of equate it to like a maternity leave, right? Yeah. 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 That, yeah and this is, but you're not this having is a baby. Good. Your baby no. is, your me. babies are seven and what? 11 10 10 <laughs> he's 10 and a half <laughs> <laughs> and um and need someone to both mother them and help them with school yeah. and feed them meals and i can't i just I, if i list any more things i'm gonna rip my own hair out so yeah you're real. amazing let's not go there everybody knows <laughs> everybody knows okay guys <laughs> well we i i will catch you next week on the podcast until then be well we love you guys And I'll catch you guys on the flip side. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com. Or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode.